long before the Avengers assembled and Xavier gathered his child army, George Lucas scoured the annals of Marvel Comics for a superhero of sufficient weight and power to make the first Marvel movie on the big screen. And who did he find? Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. So this week on Marvel Movie Night, we watched Howard the Duck. Mm -hmm. 1986, Universal Pictures. Executive produced by one George Lucas. Mm -hmm. Who brought us some pretty wonderful movies. Some of your favorites. <laughs> Not this one. Not this one. Uh, Ed Gale is the title character, Howard Duck. Tim Robbins and, and Leah Thompson featured heavily in in this movie. Uh, it was writing credits go to Steve Gerber, and the director was Willard Huck. This movie's budget was thirty million dollars. And how much money do you think it made there, Stacy? The budget was thirty million. Budget was thirty million dollars. I think it made less than twenty million. Worldwide, $38 million revenue. <laughs> Lies. No. <laughs> oh, the 80s were a simpler time. Made $5 million opening weekend. Where it competed with such movies as Aliens. Yeah. Top Gun. Karate Kid 2. What? And Ferris Bueller. Wait, Ferris Bueller at the same time? Yes. Ferris Bueller released like a month before that was still in the top ten. Okay, how did this make any money at all? It didn't. It made five million in its first weekend. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of money to me. Um, few a few other pieces of note before we we get into talking about the movie. Uh, this is the first cinemagraphic Marvel movie. Uh, I had talked in episode zero, which nobody listened to because you told them not to. Uh, that there were Captain America movies before this. Yeah. Those were actually shorts in 1944 and don't count as a full feature-length film. Okay, when you say shorts, do you mean they were the um, the serials at the beginning of a movie? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But first Marvel movie. So not just the first one in our lifetime, but the first Marvel movie. Sure. And we started with a bang. Yeah, it, indeed. Okay, so real quick, Leah Thompson, uh, you'll recognize from Back to the Future. Um, some people recognize her from Switched at Birth, um, TV show, Caroline in the City, and Space Camp. What blows my mind is after Back to the Future and Space Camp, she did Howard the Duck. Um, and then um, Holly Robinson just randomly in there. Um, and I know her from uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, but the funniest one, the one that I was like, oh my God, look, it's that guy, was Jeffrey Jones from uh, Devil's Advocate, Beetlejuice, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Which is funny. Of note um, about this movie... Uh, not only is it the first Marvel movie uh, Lucas made, but it is credited for creating Pixar. What? So when this movie bombed, yeah, uh, Lucas lost a lot of money. 
Okay. And he sold his digital studios to Steve Jobs. What? Who then <laughs> created Pixar. You know what? I did not know that. So without Howard the Duck, you wouldn't have Toy Story. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, now, Lucas did originally want this to be an animated film. That makes absolute sense. But he was contractually obligated to create live action. And so we have uh, Ed Gale and a 12-year-old walking around, amongst some stunt people, walking around in a duck suit. Yeah. I have a problem with all of that. <laughs> It's just, there's so much to say about this movie. And a little more history before we get into walking through the movie. Um, Howard himself is a lesser Marvel character, but he has appeared in several books. His first appearance... Mm-hmm. What? Adventure into Fear. Okay. It was an anthology book. His first appearance is in one of Man-Thing's stories. <laughs> okay. Yes, Man-Thing. 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 <clears throat> You'll remember I told you about his uh, annual special. Giant-sized Man-Thing. <laughs> no. You are lying. <laughs> but Howard was supposed to have been... Terrible. Giant sized man thing. <laughs> Howard features in uh, Giant Size Man Thing eight and nine, I believe I read. Um, I am not mature enough for this. I mean, if you can get your hands on a giant size man thing, Jeremiah, it's worth a lot of money. I imagine it is. Um, but Howard was supposed to have been um, uh, satirical comedy and absurdism. And that's what drew Lucas to using him as a a character. It doesn't come off that way. No, all of that was lost. Yeah, it comes off like they're trying to be in earnest uh, and it, uh, and it a, fails. And a fair amount of the character was lost when Disney sued Marvel in 1977 for copyright infringement. Because of the no pants thing? Because they thought he looked too much like Donald. Um, they won the right to redesign Howard the Duck. And so Disney did the redesign, including the fact that he must always wear pants. What sense does that make? They re Disney redesigned their competitor's character. Yes, to make sure it wasn't copyright infringement. What world do we live in? Not Duck World. Good grief. Good grief indeed. All right, so let's break for some theme music and come back and talk about the movie itself. Yay! Yay, indeed. Let's start with overall impressions. Uh, it wasn't my favorite movie at all. <laughs> if someone asked me... Um, if someone said, I'm going to watch How with the Duck, what do you think of it? The first thing that comes to mind is duck tits. 
and bad puns. Okay. It's duck tits. I, that is never going to leave my brain. No. I do not remember that from the first time I watched it. I remember duck sex, which didn't even happen in the movie. I was yeah. kept waiting for that. There was duck making out, but no duck sex. But definitely duck tits. Definitely duck tits. What in the world? Uh, this is rated G? No, it's rated PG. PG, yeah. Parental guidance. Um, which doesn't seem strong enough at all. There were so many things I pointed out that I'm like, I would not let our kids watch this. I don't know that I'd let them watch it now when they're in their 20s. It's... Ew. Uh, we should probably go ahead and somewhere in here throw out a spoiler alert. We're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. We're, we're going to talk about it, analyze it. If you haven't seen this movie yet and you're worried about it getting ruined for you, it's not possible, but we'll <laughs> do it if we can. Yeah. So, honestly, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. If you remember that it was made in the 80s, um, and you can't help but remember because this, uh, the whole movie was steeped in 80s everything. Um, as a matter of fact, I made a note um, at the end of the movie. I felt like I had time traveled back from the 80s, and my head was a little fuzzy after we got done watching that movie. I, it was such a weird transition from being so immersed in the in the 80s culture and then coming back to reality. Yeah, I mean this movie is considered one of the biggest flops of cinema, but it's also got a really strong cult following now. Well, of course it does. If you consider the era it was made in, it it was it should have been a really great kids movie. It should not have been marketed to kids at all. All of the sexy stuff should have been taken out. Um and it because it has the kind of a goonies not really taking itself seriously feel to it. I don't know. I just, that's the best I can say about it. It's just not, yeah. I am being generous here. I actually watched every second of that movie. Yeah. Which I don't normally do. You don't. I'm very proud of you. Um, Thankfully, we watched it free on Peacock, so there were commercial breaks, so I could cleanse my brain a little bit. Yeah. I, I, if I can get through that without getting up and going and doing the dishes or washing laundry, then I think I'm going to be okay through the rest of the movies. I do too. I I think that by the time we get to a Trash Panda movie, you're going to be ecstatic. Well, in comparison, of course. I mean, who wouldn't be? There's no way the raccoon movie, talking raccoon movie, is anywhere near as bad as, as the duck movie. Uh, okay, so, I mean, I know Marvel, I mean, I love Deadpool. He's funny, and he's like the anti-hero. But you don't expect random feather erection jokes. Um, And again, the duck tits, okay? <laughs> There's just so much... You just have to you have to pretend like you don't know anything to enjoy any of this movie, because he's from another not in another dimension, another planet. Beer is a universal drink, apparently. Apparently, Indiana Jones, and the uh, what was the name on the the poster? The uh, breeder of the lost stork. Like I said, terrible puns. Um. Oh, there, I just. 
I don't even know where to start. It's terrible. Well, let's start by walking through the movie. Okay. Opening scene, we immediately know we're not on Earth. Yeah. Whether that's two suns or two moons, I couldn't really tell. No. But George Lucas, Tatooine, you really can't not make the connection. Well, you can if you don't care about Star Wars. Touche. <laughs> I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. Some Michelle person that we never meet seems to really miss him because they focused on that postcard for like yeah. 10 seconds. I really thought we he was going to go back home and see his girlfriend. Or mention her ever again in the movie. Right? He was like, oh, my world, but not, oh, my girl. Yeah. Um, we get lots of establishing shots of, of that duck world is basically Earth. It's just everybody is a duck. Yeah. This is where we get a lot of our really good duck puns. Um, that's a matter of opinion. And then, you know, Howard settles into his armchair and gets sucked past some duck tits yeah. into space. So this is very much a, like, it looks like a Ghostbusters reference. Um... Because Dana is sitting in the chair and gets swept away. Okay. It was, that it was a connection I made. It looked very much like that. Does Dana get sucked past duck tits? No. <laughs> <laughs> Two sets of duck tits. <laughs> and it was so, it was so glaring. I mean, I, you can't not stare at them. And it makes no sense. Ducks don't breastfeed. No. No matter how much they evolve, they still lay eggs. Yeah. We know they lay eggs because he whines about it later. It, Why? And this is PG. It, it was unnecessary duck tits. In a PG movie, after they had invented PG-13. Yeah. So someone watched that movie and said, you know what? If, if you think it's okay, your five-year-old can see this movie. No. With its duck tits. It was, it's so weird. I mean, does he have a duck penis under his feathers? He's got to have a duck penis. Later, we see the duck condom, which for oh, some reason doesn't, it doesn't get, have a wrapper on wrap. it. Ew. Ugh. Okay, moving on. Yeah, so as Howard's getting sucked through space, we get the weird uh, voiceover yeah. where we find out in the beginning there was Howard the Duck. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't listen to any of that. What in the duck was that? <laughs> I don't know what that was. It made no sense because it sounded like um, somebody had prophesied that he was going to come to Earth, and 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 him going there was not an accident. Except later on, we find out it's a complete accident. Absolute. It makes no dang sense. And then when Howard lands in our world, he's like right in the middle of a, a 1980s disco gang. Disco gang? What what era are you from? I don't know. What disco gang? I don't know. What, what were those gang members? They were alley rats. <laughs> alley rats. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Um, they, were, they were alley rats. I mean, and the most 1980s outfits. Like, I don't... I. The only people that actually looked like that were Hollywood people. I mean, real people didn't look quite that over-the-top 80s. Yeah. It's like when Marty McFly dresses to go back to the old <laughs> West. Oh, it's so bad. 
my god. <sighs> but um, my note here is, um, quote, amazing graphics at the uh, the fire on the chair when he goes through the wormhole. <laughs> Top-notch graphics. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so these guys toss him around. He starts running from them. He gets caught up in Satan's sluts, the motorcycle gang. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, he doesn't, like, he does not seem to know how to take care of himself at all, this entire scene. Yeah, no, he's, he's just tumbling around. Tumbling around, running, hiding, but <laughs> ends up hiding in a barrel. Yeah. Until this Lita Ford wannabe. What was her name? Beverly. Beverly. Yeah. yeah. Until Beverly starts getting accosted by some some more street rats. Yeah, this was this was great. So uh we wanted to to point out the best part of the movie. Or I was supposed to pick out the best part of the movie. This is it right here. Um she's telling them to go away. Um and they're like, No no, we're your fans, we're your fans, you know, typical dude stuff. And she screams, somebody help me! And then wait, <laughs> pulls back her arm and wails on the dude. Help me, help me! Bam! That was the best part of the whole movie right there. Roll credits. <laughs> and somehow, she need, she doesn't get away from them. Well, yeah, because there's two of them. And so Howard, even though he couldn't hold his own just three minutes ago, he emerges from this metal thing... To use the fine art of quack foo. And yes, um, the fight scene that looks like an amateur uh, wrestling match. He they, even did the the triple take. Wah wah wah. <laughs> oh, so bad. This movie might have been halfway decent if they hadn't done all that weird over the top overacting. I mean, it was over the top. It was pretty bad, especially when we get later in and Tib Robbins is just bad. Yeah. So Quack Fu saves the girl. Quack Fu. Okay, where did he pull that out of? The Quack Fu? Yeah. His tail feathers is where he pulled it out of. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, this is a thing in the comics. This is not something that was made up for this movie. Yeah. Mm. But I did like the line... Uh, she asks him after after the bad guys have been chased off. She asks him if she if he had any place to go, and he's like, "Maybe if I had any place to go, I wouldn't be in Cleveland." Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Don't, you have to put the emphasis on the cleave because it makes it sound like murder town. <laughs> and then we find out that you know Howard is a med school dropout, right? Wants yeah. to be a, tried to be a musician uh, and is working now as an ad agent, which is interesting. Yeah. And totally shows in all of his character. <laughs> well. Which one, you, which one of those jobs do you think, like, really got him started down the quack-foo path? Quack-foo. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair... Uh, you know, your extracurriculars really have nothing to do with your job. I mean... 
I mean, I think that, like, on tour with the Heartbreakers, right? Yeah. I think on tour with the Heartbreakers, Howard, like, stopped in at the, the Quack Fu Masters place, the, the, the Quacky Llama, right? Mm-hmm. And just really learned to get zen. Yeah. I. He didn't, but the problem is, they talked about Quack Fu, like, once. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Um, but he didn't really have any moves. His, his moves were all like tough guy in a bar moves. Sure. It it wasn't, I don't know. He, he had no superpowers. He wasn't particularly strong. He just, why is he a comic book character? Why did, uh, Steve Gerber write this? Well, I, I said in the intro, uh, Howard the Duck was supposed to be satire on comic books themselves. He was supposed to be absurdism. At no point were you supposed to take him seriously. Well, mission accomplished. It's a strange draft for a major motion picture when you're trying to get, like, Marvel out there. Yeah. But I, I don't think that that was the plan when they made that movie. They were just doing that for fun, surely. This movie also got a, a video game, and what? the soundtrack was heavily marketed. Well, you could tell. they You could tell they spent most of their time and money on the soundtrack. They got a real band to uh, do the music. They end up back at her place. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, nothing important happened, because my next note... Is talking about the trash bag taxi cab to go visit uh, Tim Robbins. Yeah. What? What was that? And everywhere else in the movie, everybody just accepts the fact that it's a kid in a in a costume. Yeah. But for some reason, she put him in a trash bag to take him to the museum. Yeah. Like the cabbie wasn't gonna let him in. That was that's the one place in Cleveland that has standards. <laughs> Is the I, in a taxi, taxi? Cab? yeah, I doubt it. So my my note here says, "quote It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a duck." So they're making DC references in a Marvel movie. Yeah, but I mean, Superman is like Americana, honestly. That's why I like DC. Like the lab assistant to janitor. Like that's the only thing I really caught from the whole lab thing, aside from <laughs> Tim <laughs> Robbins's overacting. Yeah. So we were both spacing out a little bit during that part because I skipped over all of that, um, uh, and was writing stuff that I thought was actually important, like um, that he wasn't from a different dimension. He's apparently from a different planet in Alpha Centauri. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then I don't have any notes until until later when they're hiding under stairs <laughs> from the cops. <laughs> oh goodness! Okay, so Howard gets ticked off that uh, Beverly took him to meet a janitor when she's supposed to be trying to help him figure out how to get home. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he doesn't have a little place. She to just happened to know a guy that just happened to work in the exact place that just happens to be where. Uh, the accident originated. Yeah. It's, I mean... Well, Quack Fu and Fate are very intertwined. Oh, God. If any other duck had been sucked from Duck World, <laughs> it would have been a completely different movie. <laughs> do they ever call it anything other than... I, did, is I'm there pretty a sure name? even in the comics it's, it's called Duck World. That's so imaginative. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I haven't read any Howard yet. I haven't gotten that far. And I did not want to skip ahead. You're not going to read Howard the Duck, are I am you? going to read all of Marvel. But you're going to read, after watching that movie, you're going to read Howard the Duck? Yeah. But, I mean, there's Huey, Dewey, and Louie waiting for you. I that I am going to read all of Marvel. Oh, no. There is not all of Marvel that is good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to read all of Marvel. Okay. Well, um, I... Good luck. Yes. Okay. So after he he discards Beverly, gets rid of her, he goes to the unemployment office. Yeah. He had to ride in a trash bag to the museum. <laughs> but he goes to the unemployment office. <laughs> and the unemployment lady thinks that he's just goofing around with this duck suit trying to get unemployment instead of a job. Yeah, but... Don't forget, this was um, all done so they could set them up for the you're going to take to it like a duck to water joke. You're going to take to it like a duck to water. Because she gets him a job in some spa whorehouse place. Yeah, it was like a, it looked like a hot tub whorehouse. A hot tub whorehouse. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I wrote down. Where he was hired to be the water expert. That's racist. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Just because he's a duck. A duck that can't swim, by the a way. A duck that can't swim. Uh, water expert. What does that job entail? I'm thinking lots and lots of chlorine. And um, based on the couple of scenes we saw, antibiotics. <laughs> I don't. I do not know what that was supposed to be. Oh, it, Jesus I, What? Age is PG like under thirteen is what PG is. Apparently, what? I mean PG thirteen is you have to be thirteen or older and have your parents' permission. Yeah, but a hot tub whorehouse is okay for like say a nine year old. I mean, they our parents really just didn't care what we were doing or where we were or what we were watching. No, no, because <sighs> I was six when this movie came out, and you definitely watched it. I don't know. I didn't go to see it in the theaters. But I definitely watched it at some point in my childhood. (laughs) I... Yeah. My first movie was Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Arguably worse. Mine was Apocalypse Now. Arguably worse, but... (laughs) I think I was only like a week old, so it didn't count. Yeah, so he doesn't last long as a water expert. No. And then he he gets upset and he finds his way back to the... The club where they, they perform inside of a steel cage. Oh, yeah. the Where Leah Thompson was singing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I said when we were watching it, if you have to perform behind a, a fence, you know you're in a bad neighborhood. I mean, is, it was that supposed to be telling us that it was a bad neighborhood, or was that supposed to be, like, the aesthetic of the club? Because... No, I'm pretty sure that was, you're in the bad part of town. Um, if they don't like your music, they're going to throw their beer bottles at you. Okay. That was, that was to protect the band from being injured. I'm not going to say I've ever been into a place that had to have a fence around the band, but that's definitely what that's for. And then we get to see some more quack foo. Howard, Howard beats up her manager. No. Howard gets beat up first. Yeah. He gets flung down the bar. But again, there was no quack foo. So what I'm learning is that quack foo is... That you get the snot kicked out of you. And then at the last minute, you do some shit that nobody expected. 
and then you're on top. Yeah, but <laughs> there were there were no actual moves. You are just not of a sufficient quack foo level to have understood the moves that he was doing Listen as a quack foo master. Uh you know, it was pretty cool, though, when he, he took the ice pick and stabbed the guy through the earring. Yeah. I thought, whoa, this is PG, and they're going to stab him through the eye? Because that's, that's where my brain went, and then they panned down to... <laughs> <laughs> He's pegged to the table by his earring. Yeah, oof. I have no notes from that whole section, because it was just I was just letting it wash over me. After he beats up the manager, hmm? he goes back into the back room. Tim Robbins shows back up. We find out he's dating one of the bandmates. Uh, there's some stuff goes on. Howard hands her her cash. They end up back at her place. Oh, yeah, because he took the money back from the manager. Yeah, because he took the money back from the manager. So they end up back at Beverly's place. Is this the duck sex scene? This is building up to the duck sex. And this is where no means no comes in. Because he was all kinds of flirty. Yeah. But when she started getting serious... He started saying no a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of, yikes, don't hurt me. There was... No, I was only joking. This was not consensual almost duck sex. Okay, but she's... She comes out of the bathroom wearing only tiny panties in a bathrobe that's wide open. In a PG movie. Yeah. Um, And then I would have thought that she... This was only her... This was her 11th credit. She And she'd been in a couple of like really big movies at this point. I was really shocked to see her bent over the bed showing her whole rear end. Yeah. Um, and he made a sexual comment uh, about, you know, you know, getting into the human female form. Still um, not consent. Well. He said no. He said no a lot. Here's how I took it. Yeah, that's bad. He said no. She should have stopped. But um, at the same time, I get the impression from the whole entire rest of the movie and a scene that's going to happen a little bit later from now that that's that she deals with that constantly from guys. And since she has to put up with it, why not do that to a dude? So no doesn't mean no in 1986. In 1986? In Cleveland. Uh, Well, men didn't care if women said no. So, turnabout's fair play, I guess. In 1986. Fun fact about this scene. Yeah. Leah put her foot down. Because they were switching out uh, Ed Gale and this 12-year-old. Yeah. As the two primary... Um, oh, no. Operators of the suit. Actors in the suit. And she put her foot down and would not shoot the film with the 12-year-old. I've lost the 12-year-old's name. I apologize, Guy. I'm sure that you had a wonderful life. Um, <laughs> that sounds so... Don't say that that way. I I did see a, an article where he's like, I was okay with doing the scene, but for some reason, my guardians and Leo wouldn't let me do it. Gee, I wonder why. Oh, can you imagine if it had been reversed? If that had been a 12-year-old little girl and a, a semi-adult man? No. There are so many people that were Howard the Duck, actually. Yeah. Um, Lots of stuntmen. Ed Gale. Chip Zine. Yeah, Chip Zine, I think, is the 12-year-old. Tim Rose. Steve Sleep. Peter Baird. Mary Wells. Lisa Sturz. Jordan Prentice. 
We're all Howard the Duck. That's a lot of people. Yeah. But. Yeah. I meant to say this earlier. Hmm. The original person cast to voice Howard the Duck. Yeah. Robin Williams. <gasps> what? He did two weeks of audio dubbing and quit. Do you know why he quit? Because they didn't give him enough opportunity to ad lib. You oh. know, Robin Williams. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That could that might have almost made the movie worth watching. I mean, I'm just imagining uh, Vigini from Aladdin with a duck butt. I I could see that. <laughs> he wouldn't have been a bad cast. I mean, they went from him to these people I've never heard of. <laughs> so duck coitus interruptus. Thank God. No actual duck sex. The scientists bust in. Yeah. To include the scientist janitor lab assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I, awkward. Um, Weird and awkward. And then in comes the scary uh, principal from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. I, I mean, and this is what I really enjoy. Because this is where we find out that... Uh, it was a space laser. Yeah. That sucked Howard off of his planet now for Centauri. <laughs> with, <laughs> with a laser that's basically a satellite dish on the end. <laughs> a very penis-shaped space laser. So the plan is to reverse the polarity on this giant crazy space laser. Yeah. And magically send Howard back to Duck World. Yeah. Does this make any sense to you at all? Not a damn bit. What were they trying to do with the laser? Me they were trying to measure density or something? I, I'm i sure that he said. He did, but I don't remember exactly. Because I already knew before he started talking it wasn't going to make any sense. None. <laughs> None. Um, this isn't even good comic book sense. No, because... Because you can't... Uh, lasers don't open wormholes. Oh, was that supposed to be a wormhole? It it was shaped like a worm, and it had a hole on the end, and he went through it. Okay. Like a wormhole. It was like DS9, you know, okay. swirled open. Hey, I, I like that. That makes almost a little more sense. So, you shoot a space laser... Something about the 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 light rays triggers the wormhole. But here's where I can no longer make it make any sense because it plucks him out of his apartment, opens the apartment door, and then has him make turns on in his 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 chair. No, it pulled him through the walls. That's how we got the duct tape. Oh, that's that's yeah, that's fair. But he went down the hallway. There's people all around him. Yeah. It somehow singled him and his chair out. Yeah, well, that was a very important chair. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... This is why I think stuff like this is made for kids. It's not supposed to make a whole lot of sense. Oh, I think it's still supposed to make sense. But, I mean, who is the audience for this movie? I, George Lucas. Well, I mean, and that's a valid life choice, but you also can't complain when you only make $5 million yeah. in the first weekend. Because 
I mean, we we are in love with a lot of 80s movies. This is where we originated. Yeah. But there's no amount of, well, it was the 80s that really covers bad dialogue and nonsensical science. I have no patience for nonsensical science. At least in space camp, it sort of made sense. But then, like, by the time they get to the giant space laser, (laughs) uh, like, bad shit's already happening? Yeah. It overheated or something. Uh, Yeah, dudes all burn up and chaos and I don't even know what the fuck's going on. Like, I guess they decided that the movie was going to be over too soon. What it felt like, yeah. Um, like that movie could have been half as long. And this is where they're hiding from the cops, because then the cops show up. Yeah. Actually, why do the cops show up? I assume because of the fire and chaos in the lab. Yeah. Oh, this is where they were hiding under the stairs. Hiding under the stairs. And the ridiculously over the top, even for the eighties, cop says shoot to kill, and Leah Thompson and the duck look at each other and do one of those exaggerated gulps. Yeah. Like they're in a cartoon. Because he had already tossed the gun into the barrel of oil or whatever. Yeah. Well, because he said it was armed and dangerous. So he's like, no, not. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, if you don't have the gun, they can't shoot you for having it, right? But, you know, they they find the doc, who we thought was dead, yeah, momentarily, or, or put on a different planet altogether, or or sent to another. planet. That's what planet. I assumed when it happened. Um, they find him, and with his help, they escape in his station wagon. Because the cops were doing a really good job of cordoning that fucking place. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't quarantined or anything, you know. And then shit gets weird. Oh, so weird. I was not. As goofy as the movie had been to this point, and I think my note is, uh, so far, this is pointless. Because I couldn't tell where the movie was going, and then all of a sudden, Dr. It, Jennings is like, I think something's wrong. Yeah. Like, then, the movie, with the duck tits and the space laser... <laughs> turns into a version of Supernatural. <laughs> then, then it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> He said he was a a, a, a universal overlord? A dark overlord. Dark overlord of the universe. Uh, Yes, because he's in a pocket of space where all the demons have been sent. (laughs) And this time, when the space laser went off, it didn't go to Howard's world. It went to the pocket of demon space. Yeah. Which had a name. I, yeah, I didn't catch it. I, those are not brain cells I'm going to use to <laughs> learn that name. Yeah, it just, it just was out of nowhere. Uh, and if he was feeling so bad, why was he the one driving? Exactly. Be- because, because we had that whole scene where he's like trying to kill them all in the car while he's driving and manifesting a demon. Yes. We needed the car chase action scene thing. It was 1980s. Car yeah. chaos has to happen. Oh, but but the best part was you expect this to end in a fiery crash, but it ends paused exactly in front of the plexiglass, and the plexiglass makes that whoop, 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 whoop sound. Yes. 
the plexiglass of the Cajun sushi restaurant. Cajun sushi. Cajun sushi. Yeah. Where some of the... It reminded me of a place we've been to before. I can't think... <laughs> I can't think of, of what it was. But there was something about that restaurant that really reminded me of a place that we said, oh, let's see how bad that's going to be. The Cajun sushi place reminded me of a place we've been. I swear, it really did. <laughs> um, I didn't... I, see, and this is the problem. I did not write it down because... I really thought I was going to remember it, but it was, it was just so bad. So, Cajun... Uh, so, oh, uh, Karate Kid headbands. Yes. On all of the wait staff. Racist as fuck headbands on all the staff. None of which were Asian. None of which... And neither, none of them really looked Cajun either. No. And yet again... Uh, like the first scene in the movie, we encounter people who are bullies and violent for no reason. Well, there was a reason. Those those three rednecky dudes came yeah. over and started hitting on her. Well, yeah, with a grown man and presumably a child in a costume. Yeah. And when she rejected them, shit got violent. Yeah, well... I mean, I don't know that that's much of an exaggeration from how men behaved in the 80s. Some still behave that way. Um, but, you know, we had a little sexual harassment, some more duck foo. Yeah. And in the end, uh, they they must have believed he was an actual duck and not a kid in a costume. Because they decided they were going to cut him up and eat him. Oh, did you catch, after they tied him down to the tables, there was one person that was just chucking... Garnish? Uh, uh, pieces of lettuce. Just like shredded <laughs> lettuce randomly on him. Um, I don't know if you've ever eaten duck before, but I've never had any on a bed of lettuce. It, it was so weird and random. Like, it couldn't have been herbs or something. Like, some parsley, maybe. Uh, but lettuce. Just... And it makes no sense. Nobody in... I would hope nobody in the real world would snatch up a life-size talking duck and say, uh, we're going to cut your head off and eat you for no reason. It is duck season. <laughs> it's not talking duck season. And they yeah. doubled the limit. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but... All is all is saved when uh, the Dark Overlord slash Doc Jenkins uh, Jennings Jennings yeah sorry uh, like he starts breaking out some serious powers. Okay, but can we talk about how instead of trying to rescue uh, Howard, Leah Thompson Beverly? Is just over there by Jennings saying, "Oh, but look now, now, now look what they're doing. Uh, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing something? Look what they're doing now. It's even worse than it was a second ago." Yeah. yeah well, she, why? It was so weird. She wasn't very effectual. I mean, it was the eighties. It was written by a man. Because I mean. Let's be honest, if a group of redneck idiots grabbed you up and tied you to a table and said, oh, we're going to cut his head off and, and baste him and throw him in the oven and have duck dinner, do you know what I'd be doing in the background? Like, where's the butcher knife? I'm cutting their heads off. There's going to be violence. She did stop them for a minute when she told them he was her boyfriend. 
Okay, well, that stop anybody. Ew. There's the bestiality jokes. Ew. Just no. I don't care if he can talk. <laughs> Gorillas do sign language. That doesn't mean we're supposed to mate with them. Good Lord. So after a little friendly arson, they escape from there. <laughs> oh, I also want to point out, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jennings is glowing. And it was it was giving me very heavy Ghostbuster vibes. It was... It was hilarious because because these rednecks are looking at this guy who, I mean, he looks like he's dying of leprosy. He's sweaty, ghostly, looks like a zombie. And then he starts glowing and throwing electricity out of his fingertips. And they're like, uh-oh, well, we're going to go beat the shit out of this guy. Who are these people? Who are these people that are like, that monster thing is throwing magic sparks at us. We're just going to go punch him and he'll... <laughs> He'll get knocked out, and it'll be fine. Ooh, these are the kind of people that have made Cleveland the city it is today. <laughs> After some friendly arson, they don't all escape. Uh, Doc kidnaps Beverly and escapes. And Howard is left to hide in the bushes. Yeah, um, and then then here comes the alien penis finger. Yes, because Doc, the Doc slash the Dark Overlord needs some power. Yeah, this just random piece of information all of a sudden. Yeah, he needs power. And we learn somewhere in this scene that he has to, like, incubate in a human body. Yeah. To exist which, on this planet. Which he knows somehow. Yeah, well, he's, a, he's an overlord. Of course he knows. <laughs> but he says more energy and whips out an alien penis finger from his mouth. Yeah. And plugs it into the lighter, which there are going to be people that don't even know what that is. The lighter in oh, the, the truck. Oh, the cigarette lighter? Yeah. They don't really do those so much anymore. No, yeah. now they just leave the little sockets. Yeah, so that somehow gave him enough power to do whatever it was he needed. It gave him enough power to decide to go to a fucking nuclear power port. Yeah. Well, that's scientifically valid also. That he is able to absorb an entire nuclear power plant worth but of power. Before we go there. Yeah. Howard is in luck. Because the Cleveland Police Department is inept. <laughs> because they take a prisoner. Or not a prisoner, but they take a suspect. They take somebody in custody from another crime scene to the new crime scene. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, if you only have three or four cops in your precinct, you know, you do what you got to do. And then he can just scooch into the front seat and out the window Yeah. while they're busy. Yeah, which wasn't even necessary because Howard just opened the back door. <laughs> just opened the back door. <laughs> and they come up with the best escape plan because they don't want to be seen leaving the scene. He puts together... A fucking plane. Did they put it together? Again. He had to like spend all night repairing it. They could have walked away from that scene quicker. I must have spaced out for a second because I didn't realize. I thought they just stole it. No, he had to. He had to repair it because the the archaeologist, paleontologist, orthodontologist, whatever the fuck Tim Robbins actually was, lab assistant janitor. <laughs> Is apparently also like uh, an aviation hobbyist. He's MacGyver. <laughs> that 
was absolutely a MacGyver-looking bicycle airplane. It did set up the opportunity for Howard to say that if God wanted us to fly, he wouldn't have taken our wings away. Well, and Tim Robbins, while they're flying, is trying to encourage Howard by saying, uh, you know, back in prehistoric times, you would have flown. <laughs> and just as I'm thinking, you say, but he wasn't in historic t prehistoric times. No, he never flew. Thank you very much. And so their plan absolutely worked, and they were able to stealthily get away in this plane. Stealthfully? You mean... Oh, no. No. It led to a giant fucking car chase. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Uh, very questionable with the physics. Highlight there absolutely has to be when Howard buzzing all the duck hunters. And so we have the note, dialogue is questionable. Run, Howard. He's in a bad mood. Yes. Beverly says. I wrote that down, too. Run, Howard. He's in a bad mood. I mean, not even Buffy the Vampire Slayer has ever had dialogue that rough. And they've had some rough moments. Just, it's supposed to be funny. And it was funny, but it was funny because it was bad. And there's a lot of mess that goes on during this scene, uh, culminating in Dr. Jennings blowing Howard with his breath to keep him from shooting him with a laser. Oh, I, one thing about this laser, like, this is the most fortuitous thing ever, right? Because they're Absolutely. in a building where there is a, a giant space laser, Yeah. right? Uh, they got that going on, but they also had an experimental weapon in a chained-up closet downstairs. Yeah. Untested experimental weapon. Untested. That was the part that really struck yes. me as accurate. Because um, you do these separate fucking science experiments. For the Army. Place. It was for the Army. It was for the Army. Was the space laser for the Army? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But yeah, Howard says, ugh, talk about bad breath. Great line there. And and that that prompted me to write down, how many fucking powers does this space demon have? <laughs> oh, the monster is so bad. He's like some kind of scorpion lobster graboid um, that speaks English. Yes. After um, after the, the, the fucking Harry Potter and Voldemort laser against laser yeah. thing. Yeah. The demon gets expelled from Doc. Yeah, and, and then miraculously, the doctor's teeth that had been broken, his nails that had grown super long, his hair that had all but fallen out, uh, his skin that had been gray and, and gross and slimy, and his spine that had started growing like a stegosaurus, yes. all miraculously healed itself immediately. And he was back to normal, out of nowhere. As soon as the uh, demon jumped out of his body. I think they need to do some testing on that weapon. <laughs> God only knows what it was. And then, uh, they, they say that, that Howard has to use a laser to blow up the big laser. The one that will get him home. And I'm yelling, just unplug the damn thing. They're bringing yeah. back the three demons are coming through the, the wormhole. 
and he's they're all yelling you know blow it up blow it up and I'm like no just unplug it unplug it why does nobody ever think to just unplug the damn computer I don't know so he has to blow it up instead of unplug it so that he can never go home and he's here yes. now well that sacrifice was important yeah but then and but, then that's just the end so that's when, just the end of the movie when, done how, oh it's not over yet yeah no it's not over yet after after Howard blows up the 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 la- the space laser yeah. that creates a wormhole that sucks things that when they're almost here if you blow it up they get sent back anyway don't understand that then he has to then he has to kill the space demon oh, with well, the yeah. neutron cannon again yeah 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 and then we get the end scene right where... Oh, that was my favorite end scene of any end scene I've ever seen in an 80s movie. That was just yeah. amazing. The the fake Howard the Duck death takes us to him being a manager while she's on stage, right? Yeah. With the title song. <laughs> yeah. Where Beverly's singing like for Howard. Yeah. The Howard it the wasn't, Duck song. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad song. It was a bad movie. I think we know where the budget went. But here's the thing. You have all that build up. And then the end is just like, psh, done, over. All The whole movie was build up. I imagine that's how it would have been if they'd actually gone through with the duck sex. <laughs> well. All build up and then... Well, to be fair, that's exactly how actual duck sex works. So, uh, you know, um, she loves him, but she's frustrated. Okay, so what was the worst part of the movie for you? That is so hard to pick. Honestly, the fucking space laser. The entire space laser concept. Okay. The him getting sucked off his planet. <laughs> the now you tell me it's a wormhole, which makes a little more sense because when I was watching the movie, uh, I thought that they were trying to say that the laser reached from here to Alpha Centauri and like touch the holy duck, and it had to be a holy duck because you got a voiceover where in the beginning there was Howard the Duck. Yeah. So we've got some kind of religious references to this quack foo bullshit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you already mentioned your favorite part. Yeah, the punching. Uh, yeah, scream for help and then knock the crap out of the guy. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed all of the outfits and the goofy hair. Um, it it was a it's a really good snapshot of what Hollywood nineteen eighties looked like. Okay, so are, we're ranking this movie. Yes. So this is where this is the point in the podcast where we pull up the official Marvel list. Mm-hmm. And we argue about the place the movie should occupy. Okay, so how do we put it on the bottom of the list when it's the only one on the list so far? Well, that puts it on the bottom of the list and on the top of the list. <laughs> this is Sure. This is number one of one. Yeah. I don't even like to give it that for the whole week. <laughs> I mean, what is it, what is it going to take, since we've got a little time here to fill, 
talking the Marvel list, mm. what is it going to take for a movie to come in below this movie on the Marvel list for you? Um, well, it could be a decent movie, but have a lot of really sexist or racist elements, and then I would put it under it immediately. Um, if any of the female superheroes are expected to pour the tea in the middle of a meeting, it's, it's in trouble. Okay. I mean, stupidity trumps bad dialogue anytime. So, uh... What are we watching next week? Next week, for Marvel Movie Night, yeah. we have Blade. Okay. What do you... I mean, I know you want to know what I remember about it, but what do you remember about I it? I don't remember a lot. I know that he's, like, half vampire, half human. And that he can... Uh, he can walk during the day. Mm, you know, um... I actually watched this in the movie theater when it came out, but that was so long ago that I I only remember the impression that the movie left, and it was kind of a lackluster impression. Uh, he had a really great outfit, though. Yeah. Um. I mean, I went to go watch it because, I mean, I like vampires, so I was like, sure. I had no idea it was a comic book movie. I do know that. Um, okay. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm hoping that it's halfway decent. I have no expectations. Okay. I don't understand what it has to do with the MCU, but I'm trusting you. At the end of Eternals, mm-hmm. uh, we see there were two after, after credit scenes. <laughs> yeah. Right? One had One of them had the Black Knight pull out the, um, the sword. It talks yeah. to him. Sure. Yeah. And you hear a voice. That voice is reportedly Blade that is going to be in um, the MCU soon. They're going to re- redo Are Blade. they recasting Blade? They, they have to recast Blade. They don't have to. Well, there's a couple reasons why they have to. Why? Um, Blade is pre-MCU, so he doesn't belong... Here's the other thing, is there's talk about having Blade pop up in the Morbius movie. Hmm. Uh, it would make sense, because Morbius is a living vampire, Blade, vampire killer. It would make sense to bring him in. Yeah. But if, Morbius actually looks like it's going to be halfway decent. Oh, yeah. It, it looks very gritty and dirty. And What I really like about... I know that they brought Spider-Man back to the MCU. Yeah. But what I really enjoy is that the rogues gallery of Spider-Man, the bad guys. Oh, yeah. They're getting treatment in uh, in Sony's movies. Okay. Uh, Venom. Yeah. Got a really good pair of anti-hero movies. Um... Yeah, I actually Morbius is coming. Liked those. I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get a Doc Ock movie in the same vein, where they treat him like a, a sympathetic villain. Yeah, like um, like if they could give me more of David Tennant in um, Jessica Jones, yeah. that first season, uh, you couldn't pull me away. That was, that was spectacular. I don't know about that whole rest of that show. I didn't care about her at all. I was there for David Tennant. 
and that was amazing. Those are the kinds of bad guys that I want. Yeah. I don't like heroes. I want the bad guys. I like heroes, but I need them to have a rich story. Yeah. Well. I mean, it doesn't take much personality to be the good guy. Yeah. And and this is something we're going to have to talk about and maybe the listeners can weigh in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it When it comes time, when the TV shows that are definitely connected to the MCU. So you say. Are we going to watch those on Marvel Movie Night? That depends on how I feel when we watch the last Marvel movie. No, I'd, I'd want to watch them in the right timeline. See, you're killing me already. You're, it's already too much. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I give you a talking raccoon movie and you try to give me the entire universe. Yes. We'll talk about it. Okay. And if you've got any opinions, weigh in. Hit us up on the socials. Uh, Links to those will be in the show notes. Like, subscribe. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Just listen. Or just listen to the podcast. And join us next time. On Marvel Movie Night.